Coming off a rare victory over the Seattle Seahawks, the 49ers now prepare to face Russell Wilson in week three. As strange as that sounds, that's how the NFL schedule maker drew it up. And it will feel like old times as the 49ers once again turn to Jimmy Garoppolo. Against all odds, Garoppolo is back in the starting lineup after Trey Lance sustained a season-ending ankle injury. Garoppolo will make his first start of the season against the Denver Broncos, who have a new face of their franchise in Russell Wilson. The 49ers are optimistic tight end George Kittle will be back in action after missing the first two games of the season with a groin injury. Garoppolo and the offense can use Kittle's contributions both as a pass catcher and a run blocker. Jennifer Lee Chan and I will discuss all the latest of what's going on inside the 49ers locker room and Greg Papa breaks down this intriguing matchup which will take place on Sunday Night Football. All that and more on 49ers Talk coming at you right now. Welcome to another edition of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, Matt Mayoko. This is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O Tires. I'm Matt Mayoko and she is Jennifer Lee Chan. And Jennifer, I looked it up. Uh, This is the first time in the history of the NFL, the history of the NFL, where a team such as the 49ers faced the opponent one week in which they were, what, 17 and three in their last 20 games. And then this week, they're facing a quarterback against whom they are 17 and three over their last 20 games. Isn't that just remarkable? <laughs> hmm. I wonder Who why that, that is. Be? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's just absolutely crazy. I looked it up. I, I rechecked my math several times. I went through every team that's ever played football and mm-hmm. I just couldn't find it. Well, okay. It's silly, of course, but that's <laughs> the thing. You know, I don't know if I even realized until Sunday when the 49ers were playing the Seahawks that the Seahawks had dominated the 49ers to the level that they did during the Russell Wilson era. And Russell Wilson lost the first game against the 49ers that he started. But then, including that epic NFC Championship game, he went 17-3. and And so the 49ers got off the schneid. They ended that streak on Sunday with a pretty decisive victory over Seattle. And then this week, the 49ers go to the new home of Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos. And of course, Russell Wilson, the common denominator in all those Seattle victories. We'll see if he can continue his mastery over the 49ers. You know who felt that comment a lot is Joe Staley. Remember when he first got, they, they were in Seattle. They got that win. Dre Greenlaw made that goal line stop. How emotional he was after the game, like just the floodgates because so many losses to the Seahawks. So that's someone who definitely felt every single one of those losses. And I remember talking to him afterwards. I know you did too, about how relieved just that all of that, uh, I guess, built up angst and tension from all of those losses, how it was finally released after that win. Yeah. And I I heard Staley on KMBR last week, and he said that it's the only time in his life week one, when Seattle played Denver is the only time he's actually rooted for Seattle because that's how much I'm not sure right what the right word is. I don't want to put words in Joe's mouth, but I'll just say 
um he uh isn't a big fan of russell wilson how's that i yeah you could say that i yeah. think that's i think that's very accurate yeah i was i was gonna use the <laughs> h word but I, I figured we'll just keep it uh keep, keep it, clean. it nice and yeah mm -hmm. um yes hey obviously an emotional week this week for the 49ers sunday started off on just i mean just the the crazy low of lows ended with the 49ers beating Seattle and evening their record at 101. But now we've had a little bit of time to just kind of take a deep breath, collect our, our feelings about where the season is going, what it all means. And I think ultimately, Jennifer, I've kind of come to this point where two things can be equally true. It is absolutely devastating for Trey Lance. It's devastating for the 49ers that he sustained that fractured right ankle, ligament damage, underwent the surgery on Monday, placed on IR. He's going to be out for the season. It's absolutely devastating. We can agree on that. Absolutely. What I think we can also perhaps agree on is that the 49ers, because of it, they don't have they don't have any reason to feel like they have less of a chance to complete their goals today than they did a week ago. I think it's still wide open for them. And that speaks to the level of drop-off or not drop-off that there is in this very unique season going from Trey Lance at quarterback to Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Yeah, it's very rare when a team loses their starting quarterback and does not skip a beat, puts their backup in, and still has the playoffs in their sights, which is exactly where the 49ers are with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. There's just such a – it doesn't happen very often. There's been a few instances, I'm sure, where a backup has come in and carried – you know, helps the team get to the playoffs – but not in week two, like how we're seeing with the 49ers. I can see where later down the season, maybe week 10, week 11 or 12, if a starting quarterback gets hurt, you could maybe swing it with a backup, but not in week two. Usually when a starting quarterback goes out, the team's hopes for the season are really done. Yeah. I mean, there have been times I think where maybe somebody kind of comes up out of nowhere mm -hmm. and, and leads a team. You know, the first thing that, that comes to my mind is like Kurt Warner, right. you know, when, when it was Trent green who went down the preseason and Kurt Warner, nobody knew about him, but just with what makes this 49er situation so unique is that Jimmy Garoppolo is a proven quarterback. And what makes it even more unique is that he's been a proven quarterback with the 49ers. You know, a lot of times when a guy is a backup, a veteran guy is a backup and he's been a, a long-term starter, he goes somewhere else and right. maybe is the backup and then gets his chance. But that's what makes this situation so unique is that, you know, the 49ers can just put him right in and, and away you go. And you know, I think the only area where now the Fort Ayers are weakened, but, but this is, it's almost kind of ridiculous to say this. Every team is going to be weakened from a, a depth standpoint when their starter leaves the lineup. And that doesn't, I mean, whether it's an offensive guard, whether it's a wide receiver where, where it's a cornerback, it doesn't matter in this situation for the 49ers, it's the quarterback position. So of course the 49ers would rather have a depth chart of a one and a two 
with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. So that would be the only thing is that, you know, they've weakened themselves a little bit as far mm-hmm. as that goes. And speaking of the quarterback position, Fortnite did make a move this week. They end up bringing in for the practice squad as their number three quarterback, Kurt Benkert. And he was with the, the Falcons a little bit. He was with the Packers. People in Green Bay thought he was better than Jordan Love. And some were surprised that he got released in June, but Ben Kurt now with the 49ers second week in a row, he came in for a workout for Niners signed him. And so he takes a spot on the practice squad as the team's number three quarterback behind one James Richard Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. <laughs> that was so formal. Well, you know what? Um, we've referred to him a lot through the years. Um, maybe that's the first time we've ever referred to him as James Richard Garoppolo. But, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you saw the clip. Peter Volmet, our uh, our friend in the PR department, was walking with him off the field and and uh, after the game against Seattle. And, mm-hmm. and Peter says to Jimmy, it's like you never left, which, of course, he didn't. He didn't. Oh, yeah. But still, it kind of felt like he did leave. I mean, he had like two feet out the door when he mm-hmm. spoke to us two days after the season was over. And Jimmy, you could tell. I mean, this, you know, as much as Jimmy Garoppolo re-signed with the 49ers, took on that pay cut with the hope or the thought that eventually he'd get back in that position, you could still see Garoppolo was kind of amazed that this all happened so quickly. And his answer was unbelievable. And I guess it has been an unbelievable ride and the ride has only just begun. Yeah. It's really interesting how um, this whole thing is like played out, right? He was going to leave then he was in that, you know, you called it uh, kind of like that limbo for so long. Twisting and in the wind, I believe. Yes, that's what you, your terminology for that. Um, but Kyle Shanahan spoke on Wednesday about how this is Jimmy. This is who he is. This is his personality. He doesn't get, you know, one of Kyle Shanahan's favorite phrases. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, doesn't listen to the outside noise. Jimmy said it after the game. I'm not a real big me person. It's more about the team. He wants to win games. And I don't think there are that many other people in professional sports that would be able to do what he did and I guess be able to wrap them, their heads around it emotionally, be professional without getting so mad and upset and saying, hey, just let me go, release me. It takes a unique person to be able to kind of take a step back be the backup and then be ready when the time comes. It's a unique situation. Yeah. And being the backup when you've been the starter. Yeah. Be the backup when not only have you been the starter, but you're the quarterback of a Super Bowl team one year and mm-hmm. an NFC championship game per, uh, participant the, the next year. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And, you know, I, I will say it again. Oh, you, oh, by the way, yeah, I, I was going to admit to another mistake that I've made, but I'll save that for about 15 seconds. Wednesday, as the 49ers <laughs> prepare to face the Denver Broncos, that's Jimmy Garoppolo's first practice, really, with the team. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's taken part in two practices or two weeks of practices, but not as the quarterback 
of the no. 49ers. On he's the been scout team. Yeah, he's been practicing as, uh, hey, I'm Justin Fields this week. And then the next week, he's Geno Smith. This is the first time on Wednesday when he actually went out to the practice field and could just be Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> so <laughs> that's crazy, which brings me back to the point where I, you know, Mia culpa. I, I guess I was wrong, but I bashed the 49ers for not figuring out a way to incorporate him into training camp. And I mean, based on the amount of playing time that he had on Sunday against Seattle with basically no plays under his belt, no practice snaps at all, he did just fine. You know, the 49ers beat the Seattle Seahawks 27 to seven, and now he's full front and center getting all the practice reps as the 49ers prepare to face the Denver Broncos. And it looks like they're going to get George Kittle back, which is a huge deal yes. for Jimmy Garoppolo for the offense and everything else. He returned to practice on Wednesday in a limited form. He did not practice at all the bears week. He practiced once, but only limited on the Friday before the Seahawks week. So the fact that he's out on the practice field early in the week, preparing for Broncos, that's a good sign for him and the team. And also what Kyle Shanahan said was after the fact, he said, I'm so happy that we didn't play him on Sunday against Seattle because there would have been a greater risk of injury. Now he's Mm -hmm. more apt to be ready to go against Denver. And that's what the 49ers staff has done since they've been in place with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They are careful with their players. They'd rather not risk an injury and have him for the long term. I mean, it's only week three now, so it's much better to have George Kittle available for your team going week three and up to 17, as opposed to having him go out for two games, maybe week one and two re-injuring and then missing him for another five weeks. So it's going to be very beneficial for the 49ers offense to have him back, not only as a skill player around Jimmy Garoppolo, because they're so familiar with each other. Hopefully Jimmy is returning George's calls and texts, but Also, because of how George Kittle is involved in the run game, his run blocking is one of his top skills and watching the run game the last two games and throughout the preseason as well, I think it's his presence on the field for the offensive line, just helping them out is going to make a huge difference. Now, Jeff Wilson ran well in week two versus the Seahawks, but I think George Kittle being out there is going to make a big difference on how much they can, how much room they can make for the running backs going forward. Yeah. The, the first two games of the season, you know, we, we kind of throw out that bears game just because mm-hmm. of the conditions, but even, you know, as well as Jimmy Garoppolo played, I think we, we grade him on the curve a little bit just because, you know, just a weird situation. I mean that the offense, no matter how you stack it though, the passing game, you know, wasn't exactly high octane. Um, Mm -hmm. in either one of those games so Kittle coming in now look at it this way Brandon Ayuk in two games Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel both have seven receptions Ayuk for 103 yards Samuel for only 58 yards in those games and then yards wise the the second leading receiver is Juwan Jennings he has five catches for 68 yards so I think the 49ers do need another option in the middle of the field and the tight ends they have out there weren't great 
options in the passing game. Although Ross Dwelly did have that 38 yard touchdown reception from Garoppolo against Seattle. And I guess you could say that Tyler Croft could have had a long touchdown if Trey Lance had hit him in that game against the bears. But I just think that with Kittle being added to the mix, it does create more issues and potentially more big plays in the passing game. It changes how the opposing defense is going to approach the 49ers offense. You know, George Kittle is a guy that is strong in the short game. He can also get a ton of yards after catch. So while they may not have to have a spy because Trey Lance isn't in there and it's Jimmy Garoppolo instead, that attention can go towards George Kittle instead. And it can open up maybe Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. It just puts another weapon out there for Jimmy Garoppolo and another I mean, really high skill level player for the whoever they're facing to defend. Speaking of Brandon Ayuk, I know you had a chance to talk to him after the game, and I know it was, it was a very emotional locker room. But do you get a sense of this kind of how the wide receivers are are approaching this shift back to Garoppolo, a quarterback? I mean, Brandon Ayuk, I, I know he and Juwan Jennings spent a lot of time this offseason with Trey Lance. So did you kind of get a sense of, of where his mindset is? Yeah, he's Brandon. Ayuk is pretty. It's a non-issue is what he, he seemed. He's like, yeah, it's a big story to y'all, but it's not to us. He credited the work ethic of all the quarterbacks, all the wide receivers during the off season and through training camp and the preseason. And he said, it's Jimmy Garoppolo is a true professional. It's like they didn't skip a beat he went out there and they didn't have any problem with restarting their chemistry that they had from last season loves being out there with Jimmy Grappa loves being out there with Trey Lance too. He was heartbroken of course for Trey Lance and his injury, but he also said that's part of the game. You know, he does not blame Kyle Shanahan at all. Of course, for putting Trey out there as, you know, as a runner carrying the ball, he's like, that's just part of the game you know that guys are going to get hurt throughout the season and it's next man up. And that's how they view it. Of course, emotionally, you know, torn up for Trey Lance, but he said, exactly. This is the game we play. So not that it's expected that he was going, they were going to lose Trey Lance, but for them to lose a player or a starting player, it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for you know, they were one of the best teams in 2019 with Jimmy Garoppolo they were one of the best teams last year. And certainly, um, I don't know. I mean, they, they could have made it a, I, I'd say this, they could have made a, a better run at it, but they made a pretty good run at it as they did with Garoppolo having a thumb that was basically hanging on by a sliver and a shoulder that needed surgery. So he's, he's healthy. It, keeping him healthy is a big deal, but mm-hmm. you know, the old tried and true, formula for the 49ers it goes back into effect and that's it starts offensively with the running game and you know ty davis price is going to be out for several weeks high ankle sprain elijah mitchell's out until the second half of the season so mm-hmm. you know, jeff wilson takes over as the number one back debo samuel remains an option to run the ball and the 49ers will be interesting on sunday to see how they do this but they did call up veteran Marlon Mack from the practice squad. And then, of course, they have the undrafted rookie, J.P. Mason, uh, who has been active for both games, but has yet to touch the ball. He's been only mm-hmm. on special teams. So it'll be interesting to see how they work that behind 
Jeff Wilson if they go with Mac as the number two and Mason only on special teams or exactly what they do. And then another move they made this week was re-signing Tevin Coleman to the practice squad. So, I mean, nothing changes as far as the running game, just really the names of the players Mm -hmm. have changed. Right. And Kyle Shanahan said they were ready to put JP Mason in the game on Sunday. They didn't realize that Ty Davis Price's ankle was injured at the end of the game. They were ready to put him in. So if they had known they would have put JP Mason in, so he was ready to go, but now Going forward, I'm expecting him to get some touches. Again, I think Jeff Wilson gets the start like he did versus the Seahawks, but I think you'll see some J.P. Mason in there. Hey, uh, we're going to see some Greg Papa. Uh, The voice of the 49ers is going to be talking about this week three matchup, 49ers at the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football on NBC. And Greg and I will chat about this game Jennifer, stick around. We'll talk to you a little bit later, kind of put a bow on this whole week as the 49ers head to Denver. Uh, But Greg Papa coming up after this word from Big O Tires. Sales. Big O Sales. Save $100 on select Bridgestone and $70 on select Firestone tires, both with installation purchase. Plus, get zero interest if paid in full within 12 months. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We are back on 49ers talk. Usually it's ask Papa today. It's driving with Papa. (laughs) You got me, buddy. I got you, Greg. You are, it looks like you're just cruising along, going home. I, I, I'm in my Tesla. I got it on autopilot. As long as I put two hands, one on the 10 o'clock, one on two o'clock, I'm all good to go. I'm ready to roll. You know what I feel like when, whenever we do these segments, I can just tee you up and then I go on autopilot because I just sit back and listen to all the knowledge you have. And as, as the 49ers enter week three, I guess a lot has changed, but not much has changed at all, right? Because they're back where they were last season, except for at the end of last season, they didn't have a healthy quarterback and now they have a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in there. So kind of as, as you start to prepare to see the the Denver Broncos and you know what kind of makes them tick, where do your eyes go to with this matchup? Well, I, I mean, first of all, uh, having Jimmy Garoppolo back, is just, it's just insane. I, I know you've written the 87 book and, Got a lot of great feedback on that, and that's on my coffee table at home. And but if, if we'll see where this season goes, I think either way, you have a book in the making going back to February first to the Jimmy press conference, and but a great ride, guys. See ya, and all that, but fun. And then March the eighth of the surgery, and that's the day that the Jimmy had the surgery down in L.A. with Neil Elitrosh that Russell Wilson got traded from Seattle to Denver. So it has a way of just coming full circle and uh it's just unbelievable the way this all turned out that uh, i I, i'm still crushed that trey got hurt i'm going back to that play and how it all went down and uh how he's going to lose a year on the field but hopefully he'll do what jimmy did in 2018 maybe mike shanahan comes out from denver and coaches trey up on the offense he spends more time like dante's been saying with the defense so uh, I'm locking in on Denver, but I'm still kind of, I just left practice and it's, it's so great to hear, you know, Red 18 and Jimmy back, you know, running the offense. But at the same time, it's just weird that Trey got hurt and the way the whole off season went down, the way Denver's off season went down 
because they were trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach, was his OC in, in Green Bay. When they hired him, they thought, well, Aaron's going gonna to go to, gonna go to uh, Denver. Didn't wind up going that way, signed the big deal. Russ is there. Their offense looks discombobulated right now would be the word I would use. And then the 49er offense today looked like the 49er offense to me. I mean, honestly, I don't think the ball hit the ground one time in practice today. It reminded me when Rich Gannon had Jerry Rice and Tim Brown across the bay, and there would be every single practice, the ball would never hit the ground. Jimmy was on point today. The ball didn't hit the ground. And it's been a wild ride, but you got a book coming in the offseason, Mayoko, one way or the I, other. I, I tell you, you, you might be onto something, Greg, but I also, I think you're onto something, what you said earlier, when Jimmy Garoppolo sustained the ACL injury in 2018. He spent a lot of time with Mike Shanahan, and we know that Mike is still a coach. He loves it. He's in Santa Clara a lot. His heck, his name will be on the the ring of fame there uh, at Mile High. So he will be at that game as well. Kyle Shanahan said that Trey Lance will be around. He'll be in meetings. He'll, you know, when he's healthy enough, he'll probably be out on the practice field watching. What can Trey Lance do to get himself ready for next season through the end of this year? What can he do to, you know, these remaining 15 plus weeks, what can he do to, to get himself ready for 2023? Well, playing quarterback is a lot like I'm doing right now. I'm driving a car. I got traffic to my right. I got traffic to my left. I got traffic behind me. I got traffic three cars ahead of me. And I could have the GPS tracker on, and I'm trying to talk to you and make eye contact. And I got to look over here. I mean, but it's happening much harder than that. I'm, I'm simplifying it. So what Mike Shanahan can do is do what he did for Jimmy that year, just download his brain, watch film. They watch film four hours a day that year. Jimmy got hurt early in that year at Arrowhead week three. So he had all those months to deal with Mike and learn Kyle's offense through how to read it, how to see it. Uh, and then, the, but this offense that Trey runs is different than the one Jimmy runs. But then Mike was there when Kyle brought in the Baylor stuff, the college stuff, as they all called it that the RG three stuff in Washington. And you could use a little bit of that. I think it's kind of a hybrid of that. I don't know if Mike wants to come out here and, and do it. Like he loves ball. There may be a time to do it while Trey's rehabbing, but I thought of that right away when Jimmy was a better quarterback coming out of 2019 after all the time he spent with Mike in 2018. So I think a lot of that can happen. Uh, he's going to be restricted for a while. He's going to be in a, in a cast and a boot and all that. So the physical stuff will have to wait several weeks, but the mental stuff doesn't have to do it. You know, they have these, these QB simulators now uh, where they can do that for him, but he can just – Go in and simulate, you know, being John Elway or being Steve Young in Mike Shanahan's offense, Kyle's offense, obviously updated. Uh, but I think that would be an invaluable tool. I don't know if they'll do that or if Mike will do that, but uh, I think that would be invaluable for, for Trey to be around Mike Shanahan. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't do it, to be honest with you. Okay, let, let's look at the Denver Broncos and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, this is a good Broncos defense. What, what kind of stands out to you about – where the strength of that Broncos defense is and maybe where the weaknesses are that the 49ers might try to exploit. Well, they're uh, another 34 we saw with Seattle and coach Carroll going to a 34 with the outside backers standing up three down linemen. It's the, it's the defense in vote. We're seeing it all around the NFL right now. 
I think they're putting it in for the speed on the field to try to shut down the, the outside zone. Certainly did not work against the 49ers on Sunday with Seattle. Uh, the guy that was hard to block in the game against Seattle was number 99, Al Woods. The guy you're going to have to get blocked today, and he's changed numbers. He's not wearing number 93. He's got Nick Bosa's number, but it's our old friend DJ Jones. And he's playing terrific right over the center, and they they shade him a little bit. He'll do what Al Woods does, and he, he gets off field. He's a good player. So, you know, DJ is someone you got to deal with. Kwan Williams is on their defense, man, in the secondary playing nickel. And he's a good tackler back there. Uh, I think they're weak, a, a little bit like the Rams defense when I look at them in structure. And this is the Rams last year and the year before, before they got Bobby Wagner. I think they're vulnerable in their linebacking core. Uh, I'm not going to consider the outside guys linebackers. Bradley Chubb, number 55. Randy Gregory, who was in Dallas before, where's number five now. He's actually the guy that threw Jimmy down last year in the playoff game and hurt his shoulder. Uh, those guys are more upfield kind of guys. They're not linebackers. They're doing some weird things with their with their defense, man. I've seen some snaps where they play five down linemen, and I, call, I count Gregory and Chubb as on, on the line with the three down linemen. No linebackers on the field at all, and then six defensive backs. So it's a it's their dime, I guess. It's a 5-0-6 or a 5-6. You don't see it very often in the NFL. It speaks to their weakness in the linebacking core, and I'm not even sure it's going to be healthy for the game. Their secondary, though, is good. Justin Simmons, though, is out. Great player at safety. He's, he's out. He won't play in this game. What do we know about Patrick Sertan, the second? I know his dad was a great player, and this guy looks like, I don't want to say he's better, but he's just about as good as his dad. And they got, you know, they got uh, uh, Ronald Darby on the other side, playing Philadelphia and Buffalo, a veteran guy. And then the, the weakness is the linebacker. So if George Kittle is back in this game, maybe a good game for a lot of Kittle over the middle, I would say. Yeah. And what, what do you think just getting Kittle back means to this offense? Because, um, you know, they, they really haven't found a whole lot of consistency with the passing game for a lot of different reasons, obviously, with the, the weather in, in Chicago, but just adding him as a as another weapon. And, and I, you know, you, you mentioned Kwan Williams, and Kwan is a very good tackler, but Kwan isn't the biggest guy in the world. I just wonder if, if there's a way that they can work that mismatch, too, well, with, the, with yeah. the size of Juwan Jennings against Kwan Williams. Or Debo Samuel. You want to put Debo in there and make him down. I mean, he can tackle, but tackling Debo is hard for anybody in the NFL. Uh, and he's making people miss in space now, and he's just a special guy. He breaks tackles. So uh, getting George back helps in every way. He's the most complete tight end in pro football. Travis Kelsey's the guy you're going to pick on your fantasy team. Mark Andrews in Baltimore is a, a very good player. I think Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia is really underrated as far as being able to catch the ball, run routes, and in-line block, but he's not Kittle. So George helps you in, every, in the run game, getting out of the perimeter. Uh, you run that toss going left where you have George and Kyle Juszczyk and Trent Williams all going. I mean, you got the best blocking tight end, the best blocking fullback, the best left tackle. I mean, it's impressive to watch. So I did that part of it. And then George's ability to run every route, He's got better as a route runner and a separator, great hands. He has a great five with Jimmy Garoppolo. He just does. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's his first game out. How many snaps will he be able to play, assuming he's back in this game, Matt? Um, you know, can he play 75%, 80% of the snaps? Tyler Croft is, is down now with a knee injury. So 
it'll be Twelly, and it'll be Charlie Warner. But uh, let's face it, you know, they, they've had a significant injury every week, and they had them before the season started. Jimmy Ward gets hurt after the Packer first preseason game that Sunday. George gets hurt on Labor Day Monday before he even start. And then you lose Elijah Mitchell, the heartbreaker to lose Trey. Jason Verrett, too. Hopefully he'll come back sometime. So George Kittle helps this football team in, in every way imaginable. And then he's a great leader. He brings great energy. Just that the practice is different on offense at 85 there. So on the other side of the ball, 49ers going to see the same Russell Wilson they've always seen, or just does it look different? I know it looks different because he's wearing a different uniform, but does it look different other than that? No, it looks totally different. He doesn't look he doesn't look like himself. Uh, discombobulated was the word I used. Nathaniel Hackett is the head coach, and I, I like I, I don't know him personally. I, I'm fond of his dad because I knew Paul Hackett quite well, and I knew what, what Nate was doing when he was coming up, and so I kept an eye on him. Um, I, I think maybe it is, man, uh, the adjustment. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is called plays in this league. I remember first time I think I, I saw him anywhere was in Buffalo. I uh, call him plays there. Then he went to Jacksonville with that Saxonville defense, and they got to the AFC Championship game at a bad call, a P.I. against Miles Jack in New England. They could have won that game. He did a good job with Blake Bortles and that team. And then he you know, moved on and went to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron liked him. And, Always kept an eye on him, but I think, I think he's called plays everywhere in his career in the press box. So maybe going down on the field and having to call the plays and be the head coach and the game management is. And I really don't criticize as much as other people do the the sixty four yard field goal against uh, against Seattle opening night, fourth and five. He was told if we get to the forty six yard line, we kick it. Was it the wrong call? I've seen McManus. We were we scrimmaged with them in Denver and Dove Valley a couple of years ago. That guy, now it's at altitude, but he takes two steps and the ball goes 80 yards in the air. He's got an amazing leg. So I thought he could make that kick. It wasn't short. It was wide. But I, I wasn't going to get a model on that. I didn't like the fact that after that kick was missed, he called three timeouts when the game was over. Coach, you're, they're going to kneel down here, and they have four down. So when you call your third – they're going to run the last 15 seconds out. What are you doing here? Reminded me of Greg Schiano. Uh, I couldn't believe what he was doing. But I came a pass after that. But last week, the home game, man, completely embarrassing. They couldn't get the ball snapped in time. They booed him 11 times. They were they took so many delay of games. There was one time they took a delay of game because he couldn't make a call whether he was going to go for it on fourth down or kick the field goal. They took a delay of game to five extra yards. He called McManus off and he punted. So what I, I think the worry, if I'm them, and I don't even know, you know, they're having a hard time getting the ball snapped in 40 seconds. But my thought may be, hell, let's go no huddle. Let, let's play fast. You know, we, we're having a hard time here late in the clock. Let's not get there. And then I always worry, you know, being with the Raiders all the years, that Denver would jump into a no huddle a lot at home. So I, I'm thinking they may jump into a no huddle in this game and try to play fast. But I don't know if they have that mechanism right now. Russ looks completely lost. He's, he's hitting, he's hitting his back foot and he's indecisive. He doesn't know where to go with the ball and he's not getting out like he did in Seattle and knew where the hatches were. He's unsettled in the pocket. His feet are all over the place. I mean, he had some bad misses. Now they got talent. Is Jerry Jewell going to play in this game? You know, that's going to be a big one for them. Um, but right now, no, I, I think this is a great time, man, to play the Denver Broncos. I'd much rather be playing them in week three of the season 
when Russell Wilson took no preseason snaps and he's still trying to learn the new coaching staff than to play this team in week 13. Because once they figure it out, obviously he's a great player. Their offense is just not functioning right now. All right, Greg. Well, thank you for allowing us to ride along with you. Thanks for uh, navigating our way through this week three matchup, 49ers in Denver, and have a great call on Sunday. For my eyes, was I dropping down and watching the cars? I wasn't staring at the rush. Oh, this is just a, 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 a drive simulator. I'm sitting in the parking lot the whole time. <laughs> That's I go, it. It's, like a, it's right. like a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's all moving behind me. I'm sitting here. All right, all right Greg. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Betty. Looking for a bit of adventure this summer? Look no further than a new fuel-efficient Toyota Hybrid. As the industry leader, Toyota offers more hybrid models than any other brand. So you can live life to the fullest while getting incredible MPG. Go farther than ever before this season in the most fuel-efficient way possible. And save big at the pump all summer long in a brand new Toyota Hybrid. It all starts at Toyota's national sales event. Toyota, let's go places. Win a new Mercedes-Benz, cash, and more this month at Grayton Resort and Casino. Play to enter the Mercedes Winner's Choice Giveaway on September 30th, where you could win a new Mercedes-Benz. Plus, more ways to win than anywhere else. Tuesdays, turn points into slot play. Multiplier Wednesdays, get up to seven times the points. Thursdays, win up to $15,000 in the wild winning slot tournaments. Learn more at GraytonResortCasino.com. Complete rules available at the Reward Center. Whenever you need a recharge from the gym, training, a race, or everyday life, FitAid Energy has you covered. Now in four electric flavors, new FitAid Energy's 200 milligrams of clean caffeine from green tea helps fight your fitness fatigue and contains our original post-workout recovery blend. Visit FitAidEnergy.com to save up to 30%. And we're back on 49ers Talk. One issue with this team, at least through two weeks, hasn't been an issue at all, and that's the offensive line. And the one guy on the offensive line that during training camp, I was looking at him going, I don't know, don't know if it's there. He's been about the 49ers' best offensive player, and I'm talking about left guard Aaron Banks. Yeah, he actually had the best score on the offensive line for PFF because I do those reports every Monday after the game, and he's been playing really well. Kyle Shanahan spoke on Wednesday, said he's been really impressed with how he's played, a lot of growth. I think his learning curve has really gone up steeply in week two, since week one and training camp. Those preseason games, it was looking a little not it, solid there. I yeah, mean, I mean, it was, looking, about it. it was looking iffy, right? It, I mean, it was. was looking, and I, yeah. I talked to him after the final preseason game and boy, refresh my memory. That was Houston, correct? Yes, that yes. was. And he was really good about just saying, Hey, I, you know, I realize when I make these mistakes and I'm cleaning them up, you can't clean up everything at once. You kind of got to focus in on it, but he was really confident about where he was going and mm -hmm. just how he was seeing the game because there are some preseason games early where like, whether it's his awareness or what he wasn't seeing, you know, the stunts and just slow to react. 
but he he's looked pretty good and he's had a few pancake blocks and mm-hmm. looks to be a lot better in pass protection. And I think it's one of those things we see it so often with young guys is that you can tell you sometimes you can actually literally see them thinking, right? Yeah. I mean, you can see them yes. like the wheels turning. You can see the wheels turning and they're thinking and they're not just playing. And then mm-hmm. whenever you see a guy and I saw him a couple of times against Seattle, just quickly move off the guy he was blocking, pass him off to either Jake Brindle or um, you know, Trent Williams, and then slide over and pick up somebody else coming through his area. It looked much more natural. So the offensive line has been looking pretty good. And you, that's what you just mentioned, I think is a huge key to how much better he's playing. It's Trent Williams. So the preseason Trent Williams didn't play and having him next to, you know, having Trent Williams next to Aaron Banks, I think has been a huge plus for him. He spoke about it when he talked to us on, I believe it was Friday last week about how, no, it was Monday. It was Monday, right after the game talked about how much of uh, help Trent Williams has been. He's coaching him up. He's been a mentor. I mean, Trent Williams is the best in the game. Yes. They don't play the same position. Trent Williams says he doesn't coach him up because they do different things at guard than they do at left tackle. But the fact that he's there just giving him advice and being a support there. And then, you know, Trent Williams is going to do his job. So Aaron Banks doesn't have to overthink anything. I think that relates to how he's been able to play with instincts more because he doesn't have to worry about what's happening on the left. Trent Williams is going to take care of it. So then Aaron Banks can play with his instincts and play faster. And I think that's what we're seeing week one and week two. What's going to be interesting is when Daniel Brunskill is healthy and ready to go, Mm -hmm. if there's still a spot on the offensive line for him. Because at this point, I think you got a role with Banks and Burford for sure. I mean, that's what happened last year, right? They were thinking about putting Aaron Banks in because the five of them had been playing so consistently Mm -hmm. together with good chemistry, they didn't put him in. So that's probably, or it could be a reason why they don't make a change because they're playing so well together. Now you don't want to don't, you know, if it's not broken, don't change it. Yeah. And Brindle had a play on Sunday that was kind of went under the radar, but was pretty impressive. It was, uh, Garoppolo was a quarterback. I think it was in the it was in the second half, and a player for Seattle jumped offside, and Jimmy was in the shotgun, and Brindle snapped it, and you could tell everybody on offense waited about like a complete second because they did not nobody knew that the ball was being snapped except for Jake Brindle, the center, uh-huh. and Garoppolo caught it. And so it was basically, it was a free play. And then Garoppolo threw it, I believe, to Debo in the end zone or down by the goal line. And instead of a five-yard penalty, it turned into an 18 or 19-yard penalty because it was pass interference. And after that play was over, I'm sure Garoppolo was kind of surprised to see the ball, you know, come to his chest so quickly too. But you could see Brindle and Garoppolo laughing about it and Garoppolo kind of slapped him on the head. But that's, you know, at this level, it's, I guess it's a elementary play, something that needs to be executed. Uh, but time situational time awareness, it, situational it awareness. And for a guy who hasn't played, let's face it, hasn't played a whole lot of football since his days at UCLA. That was what, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of saw that as a, a pretty impressive play um, coming from that guy. Now, 
another part of this team that's been very impressive has been basically every level of the defense and they're going to face their old friend. And I put friend in air quotes, Russell Wilson. And we've seen, you know, we've seen the 49ers struggle. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned it quite often, Jennifer, yes. every time the 49ers face a, a quarterback who has mobility. And we saw it a couple of weeks ago where the Chicago bears had zero chance of moving the ball with Justin Fields, a quarterback until he broke contain, mm -hmm. ran around for about six or seven seconds, and then found a wide receiver completely uncovered. So I, yeah, that's, that's something that Russell Wilson has not changed. Like that's something that it will always be part of his game His his ability to run around in the pocket. And we've talked to defensive backs on the team that have faced him. You aren't cuts just covering one route. You're covering two, sometimes three, because you're covering for so many, you know, seven, eight seconds until he gets rid of the ball. That's an incredibly long time to run after a receiver and, you know, out in the wide open. So it makes it so much more challenging for a defensive back and those guys on the line, they've got to keep them contained. Hey, uh, Jennifer, I believe you telling me once or twice or 70,000 times in the past uh, that you're a USC football fan. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> obviously you went to USC. But um, and Talano Hufanga was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, correct? Yes. And he has really improved from his first year to his second year. He got thrown into the fire in year one, but this year he has just come out as a lot of guys like to say, playing with his hair on fire. And I think the chemistry between him and Deshaun Gibson has been really powerful. Now he tipped that ball. A lot of guys are saying, why didn't he keep it for himself? But interestingly, Talano Hufanga said, you know what, Sean Gibson's so close to 30 interceptions. I just want him to hit that 30 mark. I mean, That's what a it. teammate. That's it. What a great <laughs> teammate. I'm going to not catch an interception. I'm just going to tip it, you know, take a chance that somebody mm -hmm. else on the other team might catch it. But if, if Deshaun Gibson catches it, all the better. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, so he has some BS in him too, it sounds like. But anyway, <laughs> um, my point is, even last year, when, mm -hmm. when watching him, I thought, why wasn't he drafted sooner? I he know why. In, okay. Now, I thought, okay, let's, my guess, I'll, I'll make two guesses. One, okay. maybe he didn't run real well, coverage skills, NFL teams thought that he might be a liability against the run or against the pass. Um, the other thing was probably the history of injuries, correct? Yes, yeah. that okay. was the primary thing. So on all of his scouting reports, as he was entering the draft, he had been out for a collarbone. He had re-injured it. So he was out for quite a number of games when he was at USC. But when he was on the field and he was healthy, he was he played really well. But that re-injury, and I, I, if I remember correctly, he went back out. This is interesting because, you know, the 49ers have kept George Kittle out to make sure he doesn't re-injure. I believe Talanoa went back into playing the game before it was healed enough and re-injured the exact same thing. So I think that was part of it. I don't think necessarily a collarbone is something I would think that, is, you know, that's kind of just a break. It's not something that yeah. you can re-injure over and over again, but because he had been injured multiple times, that kind of knocked his draft stock down. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's a dynamo. You know, he is he's something else, and he's got a nose guys. for the ball. He does have a nose for the ball. He's, I mean, he's he's been around the ball a lot in two weeks. And he's also one of these guys that I think, yeah, last year was the year of Zoom, as was the previous year, uh, the previous season. Mm -hmm. And I just seem to remember him being one of those guys that even on Zoom, his passion, his enthusiasm, his, I don't know, his personality kind of came through more than just about anybody else. I, I remember last year and, and he just, he plays that way too. I mean, he plays like he's just loves to be out there. And that is a huge thing. Absolutely. And I know it's well documented that he works with Troy Polamalu during the off season. That's his mentor. And you can kind of see similarities, how they are super aggressive uh, kind of throwing all caution in the wind, but with, you know, with using their head. So while he's very aggressive towards whoever has got the ball in their hands, he is using his instincts, but he's also, you know, it's well thought out too. It seems like he's got a nose for the game, but he also studies it very carefully. Yeah. Well, he'll have to study it, both he and Tashawn Gibson. I think those are two keys in this game to just make sure when Russell Wilson breaks out either those guys in the defensive backfield or, or plastering the nearest receiver, because Russell doesn't necessarily kill the 49ers. At least he hasn't with his running ability, as far as making yards or running down the field, he crushes the 49ers by making the pass rushers miss keeping plays alive and then finding guys you know, 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. And so that's something where the the Broncos offense hasn't exactly looked like a well-oiled machine through two games. But the, what the 49ers have to do is make them earn everything and don't give up those big plays, those big plays that Russell Wilson knows all too well how to burn the 49ers on. And I think you look at Russell Wilson, he's in a new system. He's with a new head coach, new team kind of saw that growth from Tom Brady when he first went to the Buccaneers. Right. So it takes a little while to learn the new language, get accustomed to your new receivers. I don't think, you know, I've heard some people say, Oh, it, it's, it's over for him. Don't count Russell Wilson out because he's very skilled. He's going to have growth. And I think he's going to get back to the same level as much as 49ers fans don't want to see it. All that skill that he has is still there. Yeah. Well, the 49ers would like to see him do it when the Broncos play the Rams later in the season and when Absolutely. they play the Cardinals later in the season, the, they already blew their chance against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Seattle week one winner over the Broncos. And now the 49ers looking to see if they can bump over the 500 mark and go to two and one on the season. And Jennifer and I will be in Denver to bring you all of that post-game recap and everything else. It should be a good one on Sunday Night Football, 49ers and the Broncos. Thanks for listening to 49ers Talk with Matt Mayoko. Please rate, review, and subscribe for free on your podcast provider. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, 
and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.